I was so amazed because the first thing he said is, no, this is what the networks are asking for. The networks want to start getting rid of this unhealthy stuff. Welcome back to the Vegan Fitness Podcast. And in this episode, I interviewed Mario Fabri. He's the host of the Vegan Cooking Show, Trying Vegan with Mario. And yeah, he's just making big moves and impacting so many people with his fun and light cooking show, showing his guests and most importantly, thousands of people watching the show, how easy and delicious vegan meals and vegan cooking can be. Um, he's an amazing guy. I love talking to him. So enjoy this episode and leave me a review if you liked it. Let's go. So welcome to the show, Mario Fabri. How are you feeling today, man? I'm feeling amazing. I think I feel uh, better every single day. I'm at the best right now. Uh, I had a amazing smoothie for breakfast. Nice. Uh, I'd love to paint a little picture for you really quick so you could kind of see where I'm at. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles, California. I have my uh, beautiful wide open backyard that came with a little bit of a tree house, which I've converted into a secondary office. So the birds are chirping. I got little geckos and lizards running all over the place. I got I'm a healthy smoothie, and I'm I'm just feeling amazing right now. That's amazing. I want to be there right now, man. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. pictured that it's, so it's much. It's a good place food. to talk about health and the environment and vegan yeah. food and, and all the things we're trying to move forward. So uh, happy to be here. That's amazing, man. So I did a quick intro on you. What are you? What you about? But could you maybe quickly introduce yourself to the audience so that people really know what your character is like? Um, yeah. What you can, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Mario Fabri. I have a cooking show called Trying Vegan with Mario. And on my show and, and who I am in real life is I'm this person that uh, a couple years ago was eating incredibly unhealthy. And then I had one of those eye-opening moments that changed the way that I look at food. And I decided to go on this journey to explore the best ways to eat, to eat healthier, to live longer. And through a little bit of poking around, I discovered pretty quickly that eating most plant-based food, eating majority or 100% plant-based foods is the healthiest way to get all the nutrient-dense uh, nutrient dense foods that you need to just sustain a healthy body and grow and live longer. So once I discovered that, I decided to completely change the way that I, I was eating. And I created this show where I actually bring expert vegan chefs and vegan curious people into my kitchen to teach me about healthy plant-based foods. So mm -hmm. I'm really living that role of uh, the person who doesn't know too much about plant-based foods, but heard that it could be better for your health, heard that it could be better for the environment, and is on, is on a mission to ask the questions that can get those answers that we're looking for. Okay, that, that's amazing. That's an amazing intro, man. Um, so you did go vegan? Did I understand that right? <laughs> Or I, so I'm in the process of, of going vegan. And, okay. and that's what I love about my show is that it, I'm trying to be as authentic as possible. So I'm coming from a place where my, my dad actually owns an Italian sausage factory. So mm -hmm. I'm coming from a place where I've been eating a ton of meat and cheese and Italian recipes my entire life. Yeah. So when I started the show, I'd say I was the opposite of vegan. Uh, but with every single episode and everything, every single experience I have, I like to say that I become a few percentages more vegan. So, you know, on one of my last episodes, uh, I had this guy, Dr. Jill Furman, who is a nutritional research expert and has written incredible recipes and helped change people's lives and reverse diabetes and heart disease and all these things. And he comes into my kitchen and I'm, I'm standing there like, all right, I, I don't eat much vegan food. And by the time the episode is over, I'm like, all right, 
<laughs> I, I, I just I just moved up 10 percentage points of vegan, you know, so I, I like to say I'm I'm at about 90 percent vegan. And uh, hopefully the next person coming to my kitchen gives me a few more tools and trips and ticks and trips, yeah. tricks and tips to to continue to to grow that. I mean, that's like the best thing, like the best uh, people to learn from about like the vegan doctors and the people that really know their stuff. Uh, not just not some bullshit people that don't know about vegan nutrition. I think that's already like uh, a big, a big step, a big opportunity for you to um, yeah, to work with these people. And talking about this, what what really interests me because you're the first non-vegan person on the podcast. Um, like, what is one thing, or what is the thing that really um, it stops you from going vegan? Like, what is one thing why you didn't go vegan 100% yet? I think the reason I haven't gone vegan 100% yet is it's it's an adaptability thing. Uh, I think it I think it definitely takes time to change the way that I just interact and, and look at the world. You know, uh, I talk to a lot of people who their their story around veganism might be that they they saw a factory farm and they saw how brutal the industry is and they had that moment of. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't uh, claim to like animals and put that animal on my plate. Well, for me, I, I grew up going to a sausage manufacturing facility, so it was already ingrained in my culture. It was super normal to me. It was hard, a little bit harder for me to have that aha moment mm -hmm. in that time. So um, it's really, it's it's hard for me. It's a big transition. So I've just kind of been taking it one step at a time, and I like to feel things out. So I'm feeling my body get better, feel better and feel more energy. And as long as that process continues to grow and as long as that continues to strengthen, I see every reason to continue to progress. But uh, I'm trying to take it one day at a time. I'm trying to feel that transformation in real time and, and see, you know, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing that, that once I become a hundred percent vegan, that it's going to be the way, uh, certainly that's what I've heard and what I've been experiencing from the people I'm working with. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to be, and that's what I'm striving for. because I see yeah. all the reasons why it makes so much sense, but I'm here to be super honest and, and I'm here to be super transparent and, and every single day it makes more and more sense. And, you know, I, I'm confident I'll get there. Yeah, man. And it's a healthy approach to have, in my opinion, because The vegan community or the vegan uh, movement most of the time is very radical and really scares even even scares people away from going vegan because they're like you have to go vegan now like you have to make the switch is the way to go and of course I myself I'm also like biased and I do think it's the one thing that everyone can do right now to make the planet better to um, yeah to save animals and to also feel healthier themselves but everyone can take the time and take um, the steps that he wants to actually achieve it one day or even if it's just 90%, 95%, it's all good. Uh, everyone has their own like wants and needs and if we all eat more plants, that already helps a lot. So that's, um, yeah, that's important. And yeah, there, there are to... important steps to take. Yeah. Um, and and in, in the United States, for example, so in 2014, this, this massive global research firm did a study and 1% of the population in the United States Uh, registered as, you know, they said that they eat vegan. And now in 2018, that has gone from 1% to 6%. So in the past four years, there's been a 600% increase. You know, it's it's crazy to think that in in 10 years, we'd, we'd be at 100%. But let's not, let's not stop and let's get to 15%. Let's get to 20, 25% and continue to grow this and continue it to prove at, at a steady rate. Because I've, I've talked to a lot of people who I say, hey, go vegan, it makes sense. And 
and they instantly reject the idea. But as I approach those people and I say, hey, you should try one of these amazing recipes I have for this, this inspired uh, eggplant Parmesan dinner recipe, and they try it, they realize halfway through that, oh, I'm not even eating any meat in this recipe and in, in these ingredients, and there's no cheese, and it's all, it's all still super delicious, then they could have those realization points for themselves, and, and people can continue to progress at their own rate, because you know the, the, the reality is that it's hard to tell somebody to change. They're not going to change unless they want to do it for themselves. So you know, I think yes. it's important that we're here to give people tips and tricks, and not necessarily force it upon them because you, you can't force somebody to change. They'll change on their own when it makes sense. So we're here giving them the right information to make those decisions for themselves. Definitely. And that's um, why your show that you're running or that is will air in the next few weeks and months is so awesome because you show the people, you even get non-vegans on the show and show them how tasty a meal can be or how show the audience how easy and tasty it can be. So that's like a big part of your show. And I want to really dive into the show because it's really interesting to me. Um, you got so many amazing and well-known guests on the show, such as Crivella, which is actually one of the um, girls that, or DJs that I really like. I really like the music. Yeah. And it was like amazing when I saw that you actually had them on the show. And they're also like vegan and keto. Uh, I didn't really understand. Like, like are they keto or are they vegan? Uh, so they're, they're in between. They're like... They're like 90% vegan food, and they also eat paleo as well. Oh, uh, they they come from a history and a background of caring about where their food comes from, eating food that's very close to nature. You know, they they're, they're very in support of organic ingredients, not applying any pesticides to your food, and eating stuff as close to the earth as possible, and eating majority plant based foods. So, I um I actually am a huge huge fan of Cruella as well, and I was in. I was in Colorado for one of their concerts at this historic venue called Red Rocks. They oh. sold out over over 10,000 people, this massive Crazy. crowd. They put on one of the most high-energy, incredible performances I had ever seen. And I'm thinking, how do you do that? How do you pick up and go then to the next city and continue to put on such a performance? You know, was this a one-time only thing? And, and I was able to get in contact with them. And I find out that eating this healthy food, eating these plant-based foods, nutrient-dense, rich in energy types of foods are what helps sustain them to at one point do 250 concerts in a, in a single year. It's, it's mind blowing the amount of, the amount of energy output that they're having, but to get that energy output, you have to have that energy input and plant-based foods from what I continue to experience, you know, wake up with a smoothie for breakfast and I feel 110%. And they, these superstar rock stars are there telling me this in my kitchen. And, and also uh, on the episode, they, they, introduced me to, to a little bit more information on, okay, so let's eat plant-based foods, let's eat healthy foods, but we also want to make sure that we're taking care of our body from a toxicity level. You know, some of the things in our environment are, are unhealthy for other reasons. Like we were cooking in, in a slow cooker and it happened to be a stone slow cooker. Mm -hmm. And Jahan of Cruella mentions to me that a lot of slow cookers that are made out of, out of different types of metals or plastics are actually leaking toxicants into the food. You know, you have something cooking for eight hours, it's slow cooking at a hot temperature, and, and it's, in this, uh, it's in this appliance that's actually leaking some of these toxicants. So, mm -hmm. so not only were these girls uh, amazingly passionate about healthy food, but it's one of those things where once you start paying attention to what you eat, once you start paying attention to how your body feels, you start to recognize that it's not just the food industry that's giving us misinformation. It's, it's the entire uh, industry of, 
of what's affecting our bodies that we need to start paying better attention to. And, and for me, how cool is it that, that these uh, world famous DJs are also wanting to spread that information. And that inspired me. That made me realize that this, this show trying vegan with Mario has an incredible opportunity to give a platform to some of these, some of these superstars and rock stars who, who might not have an opportunity to share their, their favorite at home recipe that they're so passionate about that they want to get out to the world. And, and it's, it's for me, it's, it's about this mission and they get excited about my mission and they'll, they'll come on my show and share it. So I've been, I've been blessed to, to have a, this interesting approach that's been working out so well so far. Yeah, man, like Crivella, especially Crivella is very high energy. Uh, like you see on the, on the concerts, on the, on the, um, yeah, live performances and also on the show, they were very high energy and positive. So it shows that the, the plant-based food that does them good, you could say. <laughs> and also, oh, yeah. you also had Dr. Furman, if I said it right, on the show. He's yes. also a well-known uh, plant-based um, yeah, bestseller. Yes. He has like six-time bestseller or something. Yeah, Dr. Joel Furman, he is a six-time New York Times bestselling author. His uh, One of his most well-known books is a book called Eat to Live. Yes. Uh, and that just talks about his whole theory of eating nutrient-dense foods. Uh, the more nutrients we eat for the calories that we're consuming, the better off we're going to be. Uh, and, and I'd like to tell a little bit of a story about Dr. Joe Furman because he was actually one of the people that inspired me the most to even want to go on this journey. Mm -hmm. So today, Dr. Joe Furman, like we had mentioned, he's an author of six New York, New York Times bestselling books. Uh, he has helped change tens of thousands of people's lives by helping reverse them of diabetes and heart disease and all different sorts of other diseases. Uh, but he wasn't always that way. Actually, uh, before he was Dr. Joel Furman, Joel Furman was about, you know, in his early 20s, he was an athlete. He was a figure skater competing to go to the Olympics, dedicated his entire life to this. This was this is what he knew. Uh, at this point, he wasn't invested in food by any means. He was just pursuing this goal to go to the Olympics, everything he's got. And then and then one day, Joel Furman injures himself and he's told that he's he's never going to walk again. So he goes from Olympic hopeful to you're never going to be able to walk again and, and do the thing that you're most passionate about. And he's he's kind of just waiting, talking to lots of doctors, trying to figure out, is there another way to solve this injury problem? So a couple of weeks go by and one day a doctor comes up to him and they say, Joel, there's this new experimental surgery that we could give you and we might be able to save your leg. You might be able to walk again. But if this surgery doesn't work, it's game over. This is your one chance. And you have 24 hours to decide if you want to go in for the surgery. So at first, you know, Joel is super excited. Holy cow, I, I can potentially save my leg. But then he's wondering, okay, what, what is the risk? Like what other opportunities are there? Have I really tried everything possible to try and save my leg? And through some of the research, he discovered fasting. So what, what fasting is, is it's basically restricting calories, not eating any food. And the medicinal potential and the medicinal concept around it is that your body will then focus on digesting whatever type of disease, inflammation, or negative thing that is impacting the body. And your body will put, be able to put all of its focus and energy on, on destroying that. So Joel heard about fasting and decided, okay, I don't want to risk losing my leg. I've heard that this could potentially save me. So he says, I'm not going to do the surgery. I'm going to decide to go on this fast. So one week goes by, he, he hasn't eaten anything and, and nothing has happened. Like two weeks go by, nothing, three weeks, nothing, four weeks. And his other doctors are telling him, 
hey, Joel, you're you're at a huge risk right now. Uh, you should probably stop fasting. This is starting to get dangerous. But he decides to continue to persist. And after 45 days of fasting, Joel Furman's leg ends up healing itself, killing the disease off, and he's able to walk again. Well, and that that's yeah, it, it's amazing <laughs> from being able to told you're never going to walk again and that you have to go undergo experimental surgery to finding something completely outside of the doctor's realm that actually ended up saving him was just one of those aha moments, one of those turnkey moments. And, and at that point, uh, Joel in his book says that he realized that there must be something more to what the food industry and what people are telling me about health and what I should be putting in and out of my body. And that is what set him off on this mission to learn about the healthiest way to live, the healthiest way to sustain and and become a doctor and do all the incredible work that he's done. So I, I read that story in his book, Fasting and Eating for Health. And that for me was one of those moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been, you know, I've been eating candy and cheese and, and being this I don't really care what I put in my body type of type of college kid. And I was so lucky to read that book and just realize, oh my gosh. You know, this this is so important. There must be something to this. I'm going to go on this journey and I'm going to start learning about the healthiest foods that I could be eating to make me live longer and feel the best and not have to be a part of the population of the United States that that dies from from heart disease and has diabetes. You get to 60, 70, 80 years old and, and you're not able to live the life that you want. I want to be like Dr. Joel Furman. I want to be 65 years old uh, going on epic ski trips across the country like he is right now. So I was inspired awesome. and, and I, I reached out to his team and invited him on my show and was, was so blessed that uh, he's a part of this camp. These people like you and I who just want to get this information out there. You know, he, didn't, he didn't ask for anything in return. Uh, he just felt my passion and wanted to come and join me in my kitchen and teach me some recipes so that we can continue to teach the world. So that, that was a, that was a special moment for me and, and something that I think, uh, really puts into perspective that there are a lot of other ways to go about, about the health industry, the medical industry, the food industry, than what we are necessarily being suggested, uh, especially in America. You know, I know you're in a different place. I'm, I'm not sure what misinformation you guys are fed on a daily basis, but there's quite, there's quite a bit of that going on in the United States, unfortunately. Definitely. Like here in Europe as well, like some stigmas are always um, yeah, being pushed that are like not the best for people, I would say. Um, but I have a funny story about um, the book that you just mentioned, Fasting and Eating for Health, which is by Joel Fuhrman. I also read that book like a oh, nice. long time ago. <laughs> and it actually puts like plant-based, the plant-based diet also on my radar because back then I was very obsessed with fasting. I, I um, learned intermittent fasting. I learned um, I learned about it from Kinobody on YouTube. And I really loved the approach, like just intermittent fasting, Uh, half the day and then you can eat bigger meals and stuff and then I bought this book because I wanted to know the science behind it and it even fascinated me even more and it also talks a lot about uh, whole foods and plant-based diet it really put it like even more on my radar and was one of the reasons why I went vegan as well so I love this book and also like fasting is always seen or mostly seen as this ancient thing that only monks do or something um, yeah. but it's actually super convenient and it's getting more and more popular just because um, firstly, it's super convenient. Like I said, you can fast for the morning. You have you are more productive. You have more energy. Of course, it depends on the person. Not every single one can fast in the morning. But for me, for example, I'm really like laser focused when I fast in the morning. 
and then you can eat uh, bigger meals later in the day. Um, you get this sometimes after meal, you get this energy drop, and you uh, just want to sleep, and you can basically postpone that later into the day. And that's why I like intermittent fasting so much, and it's amazing that he pushes this. I mean, maybe he pushes more um, the whole fasting approach, meaning like you fast for two days, like um, like two days uh, or three days yep. in a row. But intermittent fasting is still amazing, and um, as my audience knows, I always uh, yeah like to yeah suggest doing it if you want to. But yeah, just an amazing story that you just shared about about him. I didn't know that, so thank you for yeah, doing oh, that. It, it's incredible. I, that's that's yeah. a story I love to tell. It's it's not my own, but it's one of those that really can change people's perspective. So I'm I'm always happy to tell that story, and and uh, he he is very very proud of how far he's come since that moment Definitely. of potentially losing his leg to an experimental <laughs> surgery. So uh, he's, he's doing well. That's it worked crazy, out. Yes. Um, so did any of the, of your guests um, surprise you with their food or eating preferences? Because if you look at Crivella, like DJs, um, very active, like on the run always. And then you uh, compare it to Dr. Fuhrman, which of course is also active. I don't want to uh, suggest that, um, yep. but who's like more on the, yeah, doctor side, like have these two um, yeah, groups like Crivella and uh, Dr. Dr. Fuhrman different approaches or different foods that they like or eating preferences that you, did something surprise you maybe? Uh, something surprised me about the way that they would eat. Um, I would say that, I mean, right off the bat, Corella was very interesting and very surprising that they, they had this passion and that they, they actually cared about eating healthy. But once we started cooking, it made a lot of sense. Uh, they, they were cooking a very cultural dish, something that uses a lot of Pakistani style of spices, which is where they come from. So I was I was loving to see how they were able to integrate that into the food that they were eating. Uh, and, and something that actually came out of that episode that I think was uh, not necessarily answering your question, but, but an interesting application to the fact that uh, they were super passionate about their cultural roots and the food that they were eating was, uh, so so on my show and and part of the concept is I'm, I'm constantly taking risks. If you watch my show, uh, you might watch me, you know, make make a tofu scramble and have it be an absolute disaster for one of my guests. I'm I'm, I'm bringing people on my show to test them. You know, on, on season two, I'm actually planning on on bringing these guys. They they go by the name of Trap Kitchen. They are Snoop Dogg's okay. personal chefs. Awesome. They work in the they work in the hip hop industry, but they're 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 total meatheads, uh, and yeah. I'm gonna bring them into my kitchen, and I'm gonna I'm gonna feed them my uh, mushroom jerky recipe, okay. and uh, awesome. you know buffalo cauliflower, and and all these different types of you know plant based inspired foods, and see if I could get them to actually really like it and try and change their mind on camera in real time. And I'm totally at risk of having them be like, this tastes nothing like like real jerky, and. And that's okay. Back to the drawing board. Uh, but as long as it's it's a real representation of of what's actually happening, I think that that's super important because you know not all vegan food's going to taste great. Not all risks that you take in the kitchen are going to work out. Mm. But as long as you continue to you know taste your seasonings and try different things and and you know be creative, you'll come up with something incredible. So uh, I'm really excited part about that part of my show. And and when Cruella was on an episode, what I actually did was. I, I found uh, a recipe that they really love for something called kulfi, uh -huh. uh, which is an Indian style of ice cream. Uh, it's commonly made with uh, with whole milk, bread, and sugar. And what you do is you simmer the milk with the sugar and the bread, and it kind of, it makes this like thicker, creamy texture. 
and then you you mix that with a few other flavoring ingredients. You freeze it, and it turns into this ice cream inspired uh, style dessert, and it tastes amazing. But uh, <laughs> It's my, it's my vegan cooking show. It's my healthy vegan cooking show. So I had to take that recipe and figure out a way that I could transform it and, and see if I could give them a new version of that recipe that still tasted authentic. So what I had done was to replace the milk, sugar, and white bread, I used coconut milk, which is very rich in their culture. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a little bit thicker and creamier, you know, as opposed to using almond milk, which is a little bit more thin. I decided to choose uh, the coconut milk. Uh, and then I used dates and mangoes to add sweetener and also to continue to texturize it because the dates also have have that binding quality that when you whip them up, if you you know have a good Vitamix, you can get them get them nice and creamy with the coconut milk. So I used those three healthier options and vegan options to replace to replace the unhealthy non-vegan options. And and on my show, I gave them my finished recipe. We didn't test it before the show. This was. This was going to be the one chance to get that reaction oh, yeah. awesome. on camera. And um, I mean, I'm going to spoil it for you, but they, they absolutely loved it. I was able to blow their minds on camera. And, and for them, to get back to your question, uh, they're very cultural. They like, they like foods that are native to their roots. And, and it tasted like a real Kofi. It, it worked. It was amazing. amazing. Uh, so that was, that was one of those special moments. And and uh, for them, it was definitely cultural types of food is something that they're super passionate about and something that also applies to applies to health as well, because uh, their their culture of foods are a little bit more inherently healthy. Um, so I don't know if that totally answers your question, but uh, I was I was really enjoying to be able to just experience this all uh, in real time and, and figure out what they like. Yeah, man. It's also like also always different approaches for cooking. For example, my approach and maybe also Dr. Fruman's approach, I think is more on the side like on science side, meaning uh, we want to like get the most amount of nutrients that are possible um, in a in a meal, or get the protein in, or get or micronutrients in. Of course, we also want to have a good tasting meal, but we are less. I don't want to speak for him, but uh, I'm less concerned. Uh, about the um, like cultural aspect, I just want that tasty meal that also hits my my goals and stuff. Um, yep. So that would be maybe a difference. But um, yeah, definitely an interesting story that you uh, blew them away with your recipes. Are yeah. you actually? Um, so you are actually a, a chef. Uh, did I understand that right? So I'm not. I'm not a expert chef by any means. Uh, my my background in, in culinary and cooking is that for the for the past four years I've been working for a company doing recipe testing and product testing mm -hmm. and also producing video content and filming cooking shows. So I've been kind of a behind the scenes guy. I've been I've been living in this this space similar to that I to how I am on the show where uh, I have this kitchen appliance company called Chefman. They would send me their natural slow cooker and it would be my job to find a basic recipe online and replicate it and and give feedback and then and then make simple videos showcasing the most basic ways to use it. So for the past four years, I've been I've been kind of the guinea pig, you know, giving information on how these kitchen appliances are working to the everyday home chefs. So uh, and and then also, like I had mentioned, I had been producing other people's cooking shows. So I was on the other side of the camera, learning from chefs, constantly asking questions, being that curious producer, uh, learning about the recipes, tasting and and building up a knowledge and a skill set that way. So I'd like to consider myself, uh, you know, a very skilled home chef who's continuing to get better every day 
Uh, and that's also a big part of the purpose of my show. Season one, I didn't feature as many chefs. It was more, uh, you know, interesting, interesting stories and uh, vegan, you know, uh, we had Dr. Furman, who was a doctor and a researcher, and then I had another guest. Her name is Devin, who is more of a vegan activist who has a lot of experience uh-huh. in the vegan community. So I, I haven't hit the hit the nail with having the expert vegan chefs as much as I, I plan to on season two for season one. But I'm learning every single day on my show in real time. I am a high quality home chef. That's awesome. I mean, it's nothing nothing bad. Like it's always nice to have different approaches. Everyone has their approach and their learnings they can share. Um, I'm also no vegan chef, but I share like my experience and my uh, my journey with the food. I mean, like I said, I'm no chef. I'm no expert on this, but I, I know what tastes good. I know how I can make a meal taste good and at the same time have um, nutritional value that helps you build muscle or lose fat. So that's like everyone has the input and um, that's that's amazing that you get like different guests on the show and how do you make it how do you make the show interesting for everyone because like you said um, on your website the show is mostly targeted at people that are not vegan like of course like the title says trying vegan with mario and it should like um encourage people to maybe like give it a try or to just just watch it and think um if it if it's for them and how do you yeah how do you make it interesting for them and how do you um yeah Approach so people my, that are skeptical. My, yeah, my my goal is to have the right people on my show that are living examples of the result of what this can be like. And not everybody is going to become 100% healthy and 100% vegan. But if when I have somebody like like Dr. Furman in my kitchen, who I mean, <laughs> I wish we had this behind the scenes footage. But at one point, just to show me how good of shape he's in, he, he lifts up his shirt and he has more than oh, right. a six pack of abs. Crazy. And then he start, he starts doing this lunge routine that he does to prepare for to go on the slopes in Aspen uh, later that month. And uh-huh. and when you, when you see that, I think it, it makes you excited. It makes you excited for the potential of what you could see within yourself. I think uh, somebody you had mentioned, you mentioned Kino Body. I'm a big fan of Kino Body. Yeah. And he, you know he's, he's a representation of, is this the physique that you want? This is how you can get there. Uh, and the people that I bring on my show are: is this the is this the energy that you want? Is this the is this the satisfaction? Is this the passion and excitement that you want to have in your food and also in your life? Because it it ends up being full circle. Uh, I, I heard something very interesting recently that um, the relationship about the relationship between spirituality and food, and the thought process was that people. People become spiritual and then they start to become passionate about food and more vegan food because they start to have a closer relationship with with the world and the earth and they start looking at looking at things a little bit differently. But what this research study had shown was that people actually would start to become healthier and have a more connection with their food and then that became a spiritual connection. So it started with the food and then the spirituality followed. So I believe full circle, let's start with the food. You know, if I could, if somebody watching my show, if I could give you a, an intermediate recipe for how you can make a blackberry jelly at home to replace the high fructose corn syrup jelly that you're eating every morning for breakfast and you can make these small little steps, then I want to help you make those small little steps. Uh, but if you're, if you're somebody who's already made that step 
And then you watch my episode with Dr. Joel Furman, where he's to the point of we're not going to add any oil to our recipe. We're going to we're going to cook our vegetables with just, you know, water. Um, if you're ready to get to that place, I'm going to have those recipes for you. But during the episode and every single episode, I like to tell interesting stories. I like to make it a little bit of a an interview, a type of experience with my guests. So no matter what, these guests are going to keep you entertained. The guests are going to keep things interesting. It's going to be funny. It's going to be goofy. It's going to be a little bit risky. Uh, and, and you're going to get a good recipe out of it. And whether or not you're going to actually be ready to make it at that moment or whether or not that that's further down the line for you, um, the show is going to inspire you to want to eat a little bit healthier. And, and that's absolutely the goal. And even even to add to that, something that uh, you know maybe you have advice because I think you do such an amazing job of taking things that are extremely complex and making them simplified so that the everyday person who doesn't need to know the whole story about it, you know, uh, amino acids and yeah. you know the protein cell chains and everything like that, so that they could just gather in. Okay, here are the foods that I need to get there. You know, I'm trying to figure out that balance. Um, like, like one one thing, for example, that I I just learned. Uh, from a, a team of researchers and scientists that I was working with uh, about a week ago was uh, this this thing in the body called glutathione. So mm -hmm. glutathione is in the body and it helps excrete toxic chemicals and plasticides and and things in our environment and mold and things in our environment that could be harming our body and, and messing with our endocrine system and our hormones and everything. So mm -hmm. glutathione helps get rid of that stuff. And broccoli is a food that upregulates the body's glutathione production. So awesome. I'm trying to figure out, you know, I, I want to be in there and be like, okay, so <laughs> there's this thing called glutathione that helps excrete your body from phthalates, plasticides, mycotoxins, and pesticides. And to get more glutathione production, we need to eat more broccoli. But if I say it that way, people might not necessarily hear it. It might go in one ear throughout the other. But some people also might have excitement for that depth of information. So mm -hmm. on my show, I'm still trying to figure out the balance of how do I tell people the science and how do I tell people the, the stories and the research, uh, but also how do I give them information that's easy to remember that they could then be like, hey, I'm having more broccoli. It's going to help me get rid of uh, some of the, uh, the pesticides in my body and some of the, you know, uh, unhealthy toxins in my body you know how do i how do i figure out that balance and mm -hmm. that's something i'm currently trying to solve right now uh, but i want my show to have both that's the goal and and we're getting a little bit better every single episode well, that's actually like one ama amazing picture to have to when eating broccoli you're getting rid of toxins like actually this one really helps people eating broccoli i think because um like most health gurus or people that promote a healthy diet um like They say that you have to eat veggies because it's just healthy, but no one really knows. I mean, a lot of people don't know why. Like, why? I mean, of course, yeah. because of the fiber and because of the micronutrients, but what's really happening in your body? And when you picture the way that you just did, it can actually help people. I am right now, I'm really starving for broccoli. I want to, <laughs> right. I want to eat broccoli right now, man. <laughs> yes, that is like my underlying goal. If I could make broccoli cool and exciting, I will have succeeded <laughs> in my goal. I'm a huge broccoli fan. No, that's amazing. I just uh, made a post about that actually, like fresh was frozen broccoli. And um, yeah, the verdict was just eat broccoli. It's good for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter it. if you eat it frozen or not. <laughs> I love it. That's it's definitely true a lot of the times, and a lot of this this stuff is connected too. Um, 
you know, what's healthy for your brain is probably going to be healthy for your heart, which is probably going to be healthy for your skin. You know, if you're if you're eating cheeseburgers, it's going to be unhealthy for everything. So uh, that's that's the broad perspective. But I get really excited about the little nerdy, intricate things like I had just mentioned. So yeah. that could that could, like you had mentioned, actually create an interesting way of getting people excited about these foods. So I like that. I, I won't veer too far off from that path of, of getting a little bit scientific. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and um, was it actually like getting another topic? Was it actually easy or very difficult to get the deal for the show? Like, are there any like skeptics in the industry that are like, oh, veganism is not uh, interesting for us? Or how did it work? How, how did you actually manage to pull off a show like this? So that, that's actually a great question. And <laughs> to this day, I'm amazed at how, how well this has gone so far and how unwell I thought it was going to go from the beginning. So huh. uh, a little, little, this is kind of a little bit of a story, but so I, I had been producing other people's cooking shows for, for a long time. And one day the chef who is supposed to be on the show demonstrating this new waffle maker, uh, he ends up getting fired. He's not there. And my client needs somebody to demonstrate this waffle maker. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm behind the camera and I'm thinking, I've been, I've been instructing this guy Uh, for the past couple of years, I know what needs to be done. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm trying to get him things that, that, that I feel like only I could, I could <laughs> exemplify yeah. on camera. So I'm like, all right, let me give this a shot. I, I step in front of camera. I, I do the waffle demonstration and they really, they really liked me. They thought I did a great job and I really felt a connection to being on the other side of the camera. Uh, I felt comfortable. I felt excited because I felt like this was, This was a new opportunity for me to talk about the things that I that I want to talk about. And I may have been demonstrating a waffle maker at the time, but at that moment, I saw the, I saw the vision. I, I saw the future. Uh, so what I did is I, I went home and I started coming up with ideas for a cooking show. What if I had my own cooking show? Uh, I came up with the concept of trying vegan with Mario, where I am. I was raised in a classic Italian family. My dad owns a sausage factory. All I know how to make is lasagna and Italian beef. But I heard that eating plant-based foods can be better for your health and better for the environment. So I'm going to go on this journey to invite expert vegan chefs and vegan in, in people with good vegan information into my kitchen to teach me and help me along this journey. And you know, I'm going to represent the the curious the curious home chef who, who might not know a lot but is ready and excited to learn. So. That was my concept. I thought it, I thought it was a great idea. I thought it was a different approach from what I had seen from other cooking shows, and and I was really excited. And I I started reaching out to people who help produce these shows on a higher level. I, I talked to a company called Sim Film Studios. I pitched them my idea for the show, and at the end of my pitch, the first thing I said was out of total insecurity. I'm like, I don't think the world is ready for a vegan cooking show like this. Ooh. You know, maybe I'll give you guys. <laughs> idea you know I'm like, I'm like I don't know and I was so amazed because the first thing he said is no this is what the networks are asking for the networks want to start getting rid of this unhealthy stuff uh, not only because it's unhealthy and we should just be giving the world more uh, you know consciously uh, moral information to help people live better lives But also, this is where the demand is going. This is where the money is headed. So these networks actually are looking for somebody with an idea like this. So I talked to the production company. They love the idea. We filmed a pilot. Uh, they started pitching the pilot to, to the bigger networks who had actually put it on their channels. 
Uh, and a couple months go by and I'm thinking, oh, all right, it's not going to happen. We, we didn't get any, we didn't get any bites. Uh, but then all of a sudden I hear from the, the company who filmed the pilot and they say, we got a bunch of offers. Uh, one of them is from a national TV channel that has uh, 18 million homes and we can, we can get your show on there. Uh, and oh. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Uh, so I say, let's, let's plan on that. Let's create a rough deal with them and let's start working on season one. Then we filmed the episode with Dr. Joel Furman. I was, you know, this guy changed my life in so many ways. I <laughs> awesome, cannot thank yeah. him enough. Uh, I can't believe he was, he was willing to come on my episode after it had just really been concept at the time. But he came, he came into my kitchen. We did an episode with him. We, we had a full episode and the production company loved it. They decided to pitch it one more time to a few bigger places. And mm -hmm. Roku ended up picking it up and they, they added as, one of their only two vegan cooking shows. They added it to their new and noteworthy section. In nice. the first, uh, it's been up there for about three weeks. It has nearly a hundred thousand downloads in the first three weeks. Crazy. And I'm just, I'm just sitting, sitting in my uh, treehouse <laughs> office right now in, in my backyard in LA, California. Just how, how did this happen? It, it's, it's been about six months. We got six episodes up now, and, and we're working on the second season. So, I think you know the mo the moral of the story for me is is if you believe in something that's positive, if you believe in something that's, that's going to be good for the world and you're willing to work extremely hard, uh, cause I've been working extremely hard on this and, and the thing about doing something positive and the reason you have to work even harder is because a lot of the things that are unhealthy and bad for the environment are cheaper to produce. They're more convenient and they're easier and, and and they're already a part of the world that we live in right now. So um, I'm on this mission. We got to, Fritz, we got to work extra hard because we're up against some giants right now. Yes. <laughs> who are doing things incredibly cheap. They're doing things incredibly, incredibly fast. They're lobbying to manipulate the information that we're able to get. So I got in work mode. I'm in work mode right now. And and all of a sudden, there, there's actually a distribution and a team behind it. So uh, very surprised, but I'm also not surprised, uh, because I've always believed in the power of, of doing positive and, and working really hard and, you know, so far, so far, so good. Yeah, man, it has been really paying off. Um, when you t tell me the story, I'm like getting goosebumps again, because like <laughs> <laughs> you just deserve it. And, uh, I do think there's like a small, like there's of course no study showing that, but I think there's a connection between like, um, like really digging deep how you can optimize your nutrition, how you can uh, yeah, feel more healthy, more happy, and like putting in the work, like um, reaching your goal, following your passion. Like that's uh, actually what I experienced. Like of course, nutrition is my passion. That's where I got into. But if you like, if you make the switch, if you take the challenge of going vegan, if you master that challenge, because let's, let's face it, I mean, for most people it is a challenge. And if you overcome that, if you go out of your comfort zone, then other passions of you or other projects um, will also benefit, in my opinion. And that's that what just shows um, in your case as well, um, since you're crushing it. That's that's amazing to hear. Like, how many uh, how many people we actually reach with the show? You just said like 100,000 downloads and 18 million uh, households or something? Yes. So the, the 18 million households, that channel, we're, we're not sure if we're still going to air it on that channel anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but right now a hundred thousand downloads in the first, uh, couple weeks and, and that's only growing. So we'll see where, it, we'll see where it goes from there. We're going to start, uh, investing some time and effort and energy into YouTube. Uh, we might be able to get the show on Amazon. So, 
hopefully, if things pan out uh, in the next couple of months, we'll be at uh, a million viewers and and just hopefully continue to grow from there. See where we could take this. You know, I'm uh, I'm trying to get on the Food Network with with a vegan cooking show and and change and change change the game right now. Uh, awesome. So I believe the sky's the limit. Um, I made I made a list for for the top ten guests that I'd like to have on my show. And, and and two of yeah. them are Drake and Beyonce, so we're we're not gonna stop. Oh until, yeah, Drake until, actually just announced that top. he he went vegetarian, right? Yeah, yeah, he just announced that, and and Beyonce did a whole campaign of forty four days of vegan before Coachella. So, I mean, the the way it's surfacing right now is absolutely incredible, and I say that kind of as a joke because that would just be that would be mind blowing. I don't I don't know that I'd actually be able to get them on my show, but. These these are the type of of people and the type of influence that we can start to have on this world, and we're coming from a positive place. So let's just not stop. Yeah, man, that's amazing. That that was my next question. Which which kind of get or what guests uh, you have planned for the next episodes? If you uh, like to share it, or if it's if it's a secret. <laughs> um. So we're we're still in production. We're figuring it out right now. One one guest that I'm very very excited about. We still have to figure out the timing, the scheduling to meet up. Is is this guy named Dr. Michael Greger? Oh yes, of course. Uh, you familiar? <laughs> he's like the superstar of the vegan doctors. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is a superstar. He, he wrote a book called called How Not to Die. Uh, that was one of my favorite books. That certainly created an impact on me. And and the amazing thing about having him on the show is that he is that researcher, that guy behind the scenes, doing all the studies and you know, bringing together all the information to explain a lot of the things that I like to talk about on my show, you know, so I'd love to have him come on and get really scientific and dive deep into some of those things I was talking about earlier uh, and just totally nerd out. Uh, so, yeah. so Dr. Michael Greger, I've been speaking with his publicist and he's, he's excited about the show, uh, loves its potential and it's just, um, he's working on a book right now. So we're, we're trying to schedule some oh, things with him. So, awesome. uh, he, he would be an all-star and, and I'm very confident we'll have him on the show. Uh, I'd love to have Dr. Joel McFerman come back on the show. Um, and then there's, there's this one DJ, uh, who, I spoke with one of his assistants. I'm still trying to figure it out because he's touring. He's on a crazy schedule. Uh, he goes by the name of Marshmallow. Uh, oh, he wears a big, awesome. he wears yeah, a big yeah. marshmallow head. <laughs> I know. Him. And, yeah, and uh, uh, it, he's pretty cool. He he puts on quite a performance. And uh, when I spoke with somebody on his team about having him on my show, she had mentioned that he actually eats majority vegan food. Awesome. He eats super healthy when he's on the road and. Uh, similar to Cruella, he he mentioned that that's one of the reasons why he's able to work so hard and be so effective and efficient, have such good energy. So uh, I'm I'm close to being able to figure out a way to get him on my show. Uh, that that is definitely the goal. And one thing, just just in general, where my show is starting to go is mm -hmm. that I love having these like musicians and hopefully a few athletes in in my kitchen on my show because they kind of, you know, they're able to bring in this coolness factor to vegan food. You know, how can I make broccoli Definitely. cool? You know, if I have a guy like Marshmallow on camera, you know, <laughs> jamming out with some broccoli, it's, you know, it's like we're able to impact this entire generation of people who who might have 
you know, grown up thinking that broccoli is gross because their parents would just, you know, boil it and barely put any salt on it and, and try yeah. and get them to eat it, you know, but, but if I show up and I make this vegan cheese broccoli casserole, that's going to be perfect for your next holiday. And we, we have mushroom in the kitchen. I mean, sorry, marshmallow there in the kitchen uh -huh. uh, and enjoying yeah. it with me creates, it creates incredible new opportunities. And, and, you know, being somebody who's, who's young and believes that anything is possible, uh, and not that age has anything to do with it. I believe you could be 50 years old and start over and, and completely create an incredible life for yourself. It, it doesn't matter. But uh, th this energy that I have is that anything is possible. We're gonna we're gonna take huge risks uh, and and really try and move the needle forward on this this vegan cooking show. So that's that's a little bit of an of an insight. Uh, Dr. Gregor, potentially Marshmallow, and and a few more musicians and vegan activists are, are on the radar. Yeah, that, that's an amazing approach. Like these people also have such a big influence on their young audience. And yeah, it just helps spread the awareness and just the coolness factor of a vegan diet. Because like you said, um, a plant-based diet isn't always seen as cool. Like people uh, always have the prejudice that um, you're, you will be like lanky and weak and uh, not have any fun only eating like, uh, I don't know, stones and grass or something. Yeah, oh. <laughs> stones and grass. Yeah, no. Yeah, that is farthest That's from awesome. the truth, man. I mean, I, I follow you. You look like you're in insanely good shape. I just, uh, Thanks, not man. even a vegan thing, but I just looked at this picture of you. Uh, it was while you're eating salt, and then versus not eating salt, and just like yeah. the way you mentioned, you know, your face was a little bit, you know, sw not swollen, but no, no, I know <laughs> what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to say it politely, but then all of a sudden you know, no sodium in your jawline, you know, it's chiseled, you're in this movie star looking shape. And it's just amazing how, how, how these little things could have such a such a big impact. So yeah, no, you could be in great shape eating plant based foods. I personally, I'm in the best shape of my life right now. Uh, yeah, I just started to get into more athletic aerobic type of things. I have a, a family with a gymnastics background. So I just super, super got into like headstands and backbends and flexibility and and everything and the the amount that I could lift my own body weight is incredible and I've been you know like I said eating more and more vegan every day uh, getting stronger and stronger every day I just did my my max on my bench press the other day uh, while eating this healthy lifestyle so uh, you know for me it, it hasn't stopped me and I definitely have had times when I've gotten in really good shape uh, eating heavily heavily uh, carnivorously yeah. but today i'm in the best shape of my life and and i'm eating better than ever before and more plant-based than ever before so you would say um even though you're not 100 vegan yet are you mostly getting your protein from vegan sources or are you still struggling to get your protein uh the vegan way or what um, are some struggles that you maybe have yeah i i honestly have been getting a lot of protein uh through vegan food mm -hmm. uh, i i use this protein powder it's pea protein by a company called orgain they yeah. make organic pea protein powder uh it's chocolate it tastes delicious but it's also uh one that has some of the least amount of additives uh and preservatives which is one of the reasons i really like it it really just gets down to the core of you know the vegetables Uh, and I eat that and I have that in my smoothie every morning. I have a lot of chia seeds. I have a lot of nuts. Um, I have a lot of spinach, which is, is protein dense. It's got a lot of water. So you'd have to eat a lot of spinach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think like one cup of spinach is like one gram of protein. Uh, but it's also like seven calories. So you're not, you know, yeah, you could, yeah, you could yeah. eat a lot. Of, you'd have to eat a lot of that stuff to get to that place, but it's, it's protein dense foods. And I think that what that kind of comes down, down to is that every food has 
protein in it. Um, I'm working out, so I need more protein because I, you know, I want to repair my muscles and everything. But if, if I wasn't trying to, I'd be getting enough protein. But as I'm working out, I'm drinking those smoothies, I'm eating extra chia seeds, I'm eating a lot of beans, and it's working for me. I don't, I haven't really noticed a struggle uh, in terms of being able to build muscle at all. Okay. What about yourself? What, what about you? I mean, you, you're in really good shape. Do you have any tips or tricks? You know, this is this is flip flip the script. This is trying to <laughs> vegan with Mario. I'm trying to get a little information from Fritz. What, what tips might you have? Yeah, man. So, like you said, if you're working out, if you're going to the gym, then you definitely need um, more protein than a sedentary person just to yeah to make your muscles grow, to recover, to stay satiated. And like you said. Working with protein powder um, is a great, uh, great idea as a vegan because it just makes it more convenient. But you, of course, you don't have to. There's a lot of protein sources, and what I always suggest is that you have like three meals with protein sources every single day, so you don't make it too difficult for you. Let's say your goal is I don't know 120 grams per day, and it's I don't know 6 p.m. and you still have to hit 100 grams, then it's getting difficult, <laughs> and you have to pound down like. Uh, yeah, lots there. of tofu and beans and you can do it but it's not as fun as if you would just spread it out in the morning I don't know have some tofu scramble then for lunch have a nice smoothie with protein powder and in the evening I don't know whatever you want seitan with uh, some beans or quinoa and like yep. you said there's lots of sources you just have to combine the different sources and not just like maybe in the carnivore diet um, not just eat like quark or just chicken like just eat a variety yep. of foods and get all the uh, essential amino acids. Um, that's the way to go. Um, but yeah, it's true. Like the, always, the first question uh, that people ask, like, how do you get your protein? And it's it's a fun question to answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it it's, definitely it's works. It's a so. fun question. Yeah. yeah so I, uh, um, yeah, did you want to say anything? <laughs> I, I was just gonna say that was uh, when I first started going on this mission. I, I did like a whole like. Uh, made a whole video and little like, I don't know, my own research report on where yeah. the, uh, vegans can get their protein. Cause I was just like, I need to, all my, all my college friends were just making fun of me when I started to like <laughs> question all these things. And I'm like, all right, this is step one. All right. I made a whole Excel spreadsheet and That's was ready smart. to hand it out to all of them. <laughs> so I'm, I'm totally <laughs> on that, totally on that board. You, it's, it's a little bit of a myth. Sometimes it takes a little extra work, but you can get enough protein. Nice, nice. So um, that's it for the detailed questions from the show. Like at the end of the show, I always like to do like some kind of hot seat um, where you have to go through um, where I just like challenge you with some topics or um, uh, yeah, topics in the vegan community that are a bit more controversial, you could say. Um, and you just have to say like quickly yes or no or choose between things and uh, that should, right. should be fun. I like it. Cool. I love the hot seat. Also, like, also with you having like a very science-based nutrition uh, background, that should be should be fun. And you can, of yeah. course, elaborate on the answer if you really uh, feel the need to. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, first question: um, Caffeine, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Um, honey, as vegan, yes or no? No. No. There's other ways to to get a sugary syrup into your life without without honey. Definitely. Okay. Um, spirulina? Yes or no? Man, that stuff does not taste very good. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. Uh, and on the note of spirulina, uh, not only is it one of the highest protein, maybe like the highest protein thing out there, uh, it it as a um, 
like a algae or whatever it is. It has a lot of chlorophyll in it. Yeah. And one of the things I learned from this scientific research group that I was just with at, at a health conference, I was lucky, very lucky to be there, is that chlorophyll actually is one of the top things for helping excrete fat soluble things to uh, out of your body. So, like I mentioned with broccoli, broccoli and glutathione, chlorophyll is really good at removing unhealthy stuff from your body. So. I'd say that is that is an added benefit to the fact that I know a lot of people consume it because of its protein density. So uh, spirulina, a uh, hundred million percent. That's good to know, and um, you have to just make it work. I would say with the with the powder, I struggled a lot. Like making the powder work is almost impossible in my opinion. But if you have like pills or something, I think um, you can definitely like put it into your body. <laughs> um, yeah, hummus or guacamole. Wow. Oh my gosh, guacamole. Okay, nice. Um, tofu or tempeh? Tofu. Nice. Um, cashews or almonds? Cashews, man. Uh, you guys, you guys got to watch my show. I got a lot of cashew recipes. Yeah. Uh, cashews, you, you can do a couple of things with them. They're super, I mean, all nuts really are. And I bet you could do some similar things with almonds, but cashews are just the best because they're creamy. But if you, if you soak cashews overnight or even just for two hours, soak them in water, they soften a little bit. You could throw them in a blender with some dates, a little bit of lemon juice, Uh, maybe some hemp seeds and you blend that up and it's going to be super creamy. I like to liken it to like a little bit of a mayonnaise. You could spread that on a sandwich, spread it on everything uh, and you get this nice creamy texture. But then if you don't soak your cashews and you put it in a blender with some similar ingredients, I put cashews with uh, like one cup of cashews, a quarter cup of nutritional yeast, some garlic salt and onion powder. And if you burst that in a blender, It'll actually make this like crunchy, crumbly uh -huh. type of texture uh, that I liken to uh, a Parmesan Parmesan cheese type of experience. So uh, I, I love almonds, love cashews, but cooking vegan food, cashews are insanely versatile for creams, sauces, uh, cheeses. Uh, you know, I, I put them in almost everything. Amazing. You're making my mouth uh, all the watery, man. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> the recipes. Oh, I love it. I love cashews as well. Um, that's why. Okay. Um, vegan pizza versus vegan burgers? Vegan pizza. Vegan pizza, definitely. Nice. Okay. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, McDonald's actually bringing out a vegan burger. Um, they're testing it right now in Finland um, or in other countries as well. Would you eat it? I would, I would definitely try it. Uh, I just out of curiosity, you know, yeah. I, I think that that could even make a funny episode on my show. You know, if I went and visited, you know, trying yeah, the yeah. McDonald's vegan burger, uh, that that's what I'm all about. So I would, I would absolutely try it. I, I would absolutely support it. And that actually brings up something and <laughs> sorry to take the hot seat away from it. But, um, <laughs> that, that I think is super interesting to me is that there is such a demand for this vegan food that some of the biggest companies in the world are making this shift. And, I, I'm constantly conflicted with, I want to support vegan food, but I also want to support the right companies doing it. Yeah. But if the demand is there, if people are saying, hey, McDonald's should have a vegan burger, then that, that is saying something absolutely massive. And I will support all of the McDonald's vegan burgers. And I'll way more support the smaller ethical startup companies that are doing the right things. But that's a big step. That that is super meaningful for me. And, and for the time being, I totally support that. Yeah, man, I definitely agree. And that's already it for the 
Hot seats. Thank you so much for right. coming on to the show, onto the podcast, and taking the time and uh, yeah, bringing so much yeah. value to the audience. Where can people find you and your show if they want to watch it? If they want to yeah, experience your knowledge and your you prepping vegan meals and just having a nice time. Yeah, first of all, Fritz, thank you for having me on the Vegan Fitness Podcast. I love it. You got some good stuff going on here. Awesome. Great questions and where people could find me. So my my name is Mario Fabri, last name spelled F-A-B-B-R-I. And my show is called Trying Vegan with Mario. If you go to my website, tryingveganwithmario.com, it'll link you up to all the other information. You could see trailers for my show. You could get recipes and you could get links to where you could find the show. Uh, you could also search uh, Trying Vegan with Mario on YouTube. I, I haven't really begun my YouTube channel, but I have a few things available. You could watch my episode with Cruella on YouTube. Uh, there are a few things available on there. And then uh, I'd say uh, I just started spending more time on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is Mario Fabri, F-A-B-B-R-I underscore. So find me on there, and I'm, I'm sharing some behind-the-scenes stuff. And it's, it's kind of twofold. I like to show people the recipes, tips, and tricks that I'm working on. But uh, as a uh, food foodie cinematographer, I also like to show a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I like to teach people how they could how they could film and create content around their oh, food nice. a little bit better. I show off my lighting setup. I show off the types of cameras I use, the types of little tips and tricks to make your uh, food food experience look a lot better if you're somebody who's trying to help share this information with the world. So uh, also shoot me an email, tryingveganwithmario at gmail.com. Uh, love sharing this information and would love to help anybody I possibly could make strides towards making the world healthier and better for the environment. Amazing, man. Definitely give, give this show a watch and just just watch it and enjoy it because I really enjoyed the episodes as well. And as you heard in this episode, Mario is an amazing guy uh, with just positive vibes and a lot of um, good things Thank to you. share. So definitely check him out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode we hear us in the next one thank you mario have a nice day we hear us take care guys